Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Today I'm going to talk about the last little bit of pregnancy and the continued spiritual journey that this pregnancy has presented itself as. I figured that was only appropriate since that's how I began talking about this pregnancy and it continues to be the theme. So it's not quite end of pregnancy, I suppose, although I'm not sure I'll get around to another podcast along these lines before it's time to birth. I'll be 32 weeks this week and it's been such a rich journey That's the best way I could describe it. And of course, that's more of a feeling than anything, having had so many pregnancies and really they've all been wonderful, but different in feeling and of course, different babies, different times of life. This one's just been so rich. (laughs) I don't have another word like it's been challenging and it's been beautiful, and there's just been so much growth. So I want to talk more about that. Preserve it for myself and share it with you. So my baby, I call her her. I don't really know, of course, and I don't really care. But that's my suspicion. And if it's not a her, then it's a him. And that's fine, too. This baby is coming into her own richness, it feels like. And I've been writing more about pregnancy than I've been podcasting. Just the words have been coming easier on paper, on the computer. They've been coming more readily alone in the desert. And writing shorter blog posts has been something that's been feeling really good. So I'm sure you've seen them out there. You could check the blog um, link on IndieBirth.org. I've been writing about the spirit baby that I think she is and where she might come from. I've been writing about really feeling connected to the earth and how this baby is that as well. She's really been calling me to spend more time with my feet on the earth, making those connections and kind of a combo of those couple blog posts, um, I feel that she's really coming into her own physical body more and becoming more full in that experience, the way I interpret it, and just her own vitality. So I feel like she's a healthy and strong being. Um, However, she feels like (laughs) She leaves her body 
or has, you know, up until this point. And so that's kind of what I'm saying. That's changing. It's feeling like she's spending more time present in her tiny little body and in my body. And I'm feeling that more and whatever that means and whatever connection that allows me to have. Um, And it's just such a cool thing to think about, isn't it? When we're pregnant, we carry a body and that body carries a soul. But at what point that soul is really there is up for debate. And I don't think there's an answer. It's really just, I think, according to that soul, that pregnancy, that experience. And so with my other kids, I've felt all sorts of things. I felt those that were um, truly present in a more soulful way earlier on. And I've spoken about this on some other Spirit Babies podcast, so I won't go on and on. Um, I can remember my daughter Belgium, like really her soul coming into her body at a specific moment. And it was actually at another birth I was attending. Um, I can remember my other daughter coming in right after my grandfather died. And that felt really cool, kind of like he was handing her off. So this one, um, I feel like is doing more of that every day. And I really fully expect that she'll be present fully in her body by the time birth rolls around. Um, Not that, you know, there aren't variations in that. I think some babies are definitely born and they're great and fine and healthy and all of those things, but they're not completely present yet in their bodies, even as newborns. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I'm just feeling that more and more. Um, In fact, she's totally squirming around right now. She had the hiccups and is moving a lot. And I just tried to feel my own belly, which is always fun. And she was kind of all crazy in there with her head all off to one side. Uh, She's head down, but really laying like oblique (laughs) in there, you know, nowhere near birthing yet. So who cares? But her little head totally like off to one side of my pelvis, you know, laying all crooked uh, because she wants to and she can. So just deepening that connection. Um, But something that's come through about this baby that is interesting is that there doesn't feel, I mean, at times there feels like a direct line of communication, if that makes sense. But then other times it's as if she speaks through other forms, um, symbolism or, you know, signs from the universe. Um, It's really interesting. And my husband has noticed that too. He's said that he feels like she communicates with him too, but not in real time. And so I'll reveal more about that probably once she's here. Uh, Her name, I think, has to do with some of that and some of the cool things she's presented us both with uh, couldn't be made up. (laughs) Um, Like they're just too weird and coincidental. So that's her method right now is show and tell, showing us things and sending us things and, you know, allowing us to get to know her that way, which is just really, really cool. So something else that's come up as a part of the spiritual journey in this pregnancy is this connection. And it's not just connection with her and the earth, but myself in a new way. And I guess on one hand, I am surprised, which is silly, because it's not like pregnancies added up 
mean anything other than you have practical experience, right? And my body's been through it. So I definitely think it's worth something experience-wise. But yet every pregnancy is so different that it's also like you're starting from scratch and remaining open to whatever that experience is and the gifts and the challenges that come can also be different for people that have been through it a lot because you might think, you know, why is this happening? Or like, how could this be new? I really enjoy it. And the connection to myself has been great, although surprising because I definitely probably had those thoughts of like, haven't I (laughs) grown enough through pregnancies? But of course, it's so silly because as long as we're here, hopefully we'll keep growing, right? No matter what age we are or whatever. So it's a silly thing to think. But that's just the honest truth. I've been surprised. And something that has really fostered the continued growth within myself and this baby has been a new way of feeling, like actually feeling sensations in my body and having a completely deep trust in my own knowing and intuition so that if this makes sense, the feelings and the intuition are one. And I've learned to more fully trust that than I ever have before. And I'll talk more about that. But that's in contrast, I think, to the activity that goes on in our heads, at least for me, because I'm not immune to the fears that come up. Um, you know, any of them really in pregnancy. And it's just been shown to me so clearly that those things live in my head. And that's not what this experience is about. Or if it is, it's about seeing that for what it is and saying, yes, thank you, head. I hear you. You're scared of this. That's not real, you know, or it's, it's not happening that way. So that's been really cool. I've had a lot of time, like I said, out on the land and probably not enough, truly. It's been so hot. And that's how this pregnancy has been, you know, get pregnant in February here in Arizona and you're going to spend most of your pregnancy hot. So I didn't plan that to be hot and it's still hot. So that's my excuse for not spending all day outside Uh, But the mornings definitely are special times. And I've tried to clear out that space for myself differently as well. Jason, my husband and I were hiking together and we still do. But I had to draw some lines for myself and he doesn't care. He was happy for me to do whatever I need to do. But, you know, saying, hey, I need to get out alone in the morning. Like, I love hiking with you, but it's completely different to have someone with you, another human. Um, It's totally different. You know, it's great companionship. And honestly, I'll hike a lot further if he's with me because, you know, we're talking or I'm distracted or whatever it is. Uh, So it's not easier alone, but it's necessary. And so this baby has really made me do that. And that's not surprising. I think if we're listening as best as we can, because most women that are pregnant, unless they don't have any children yet, do need that time. And that's something I'm always trying to impress upon the women I work with more. You know, it doesn't matter. Even if you just have one kid, 
you need time alone. And we still live in a world where that's seen as selfish. Like how many of us would say that to ourselves or out loud? Um, I feel selfish, but no, it's definitely not. And if I don't get that time for myself or claim that time for myself to be, especially alone out on the land, uh, I'm not happy, truly. Like uh, I'm so much more frustrated with the kids and impatient, especially with the heat. So, you know, you got to know what you need and not be afraid to ask for it and claim it. And I think that's one reason this has been such a highly spiritual experience because, you know, I knew it needed to be. And to me, there's only a couple ways to make that happen. Otherwise, you're just living in the world. And, you know, we all do that and we have to do that. But there's so much more than that. So this pregnancy has given me an excuse to really support that part of myself. And I've talked a couple times in some of the blog posts and probably on podcasts, how I feel really supported by all (laughs) worlds right now. Um, Typically, you know, if I were to think back on other pregnancies, I'd say the true end, like the last month is that between worlds place. And I've written about it. And I think a lot of us feel that way. You know, it's you're truly dancing between being in a birth space and being in the world. But I realized with this pregnancy that that's possible, that's probable, that might even be desirable for a lot more of a pregnancy than the last month, if we allow ourselves or if that's the path, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure if we get to choose. But I felt like that pretty much this whole time and even more so lately, that I can access other worlds, um, other realities, that the veil is very thin, um, that, you know, well, you're welcome to think I'm crazy, but uh, beings from other, you know, other other sides of the veil, for example, um, have been more available to me. So ancestors, grandmothers um, had a lot of those kind of run-ins, uh, even here in my office, actually, I'm totally procrastinating it, but I need to uh, check out what other kind of being is hanging out in here because there's definitely something so, you know, crazy to some people, totally normal to others. And in pregnancy, you know, the more I talk about it um, with the women that I serve and friends and whatnot, you know, I know it's not crazy because those are the women saying yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling that too. And I, I thought I was crazy. You know, I've been doubting my own mental health, but why am I feeling or seeing things, you know, that aren't of this reality more? And what does that mean? So maybe that's a different podcast, but I think, wow, that's one of the gifts that many of us are given access to kind of in general, but intensifies during pregnancy. And right. I mean, what is that about? I don't know. It's just being open. I think, I think it's probably the baby having a part in being between worlds and or other places entirely and opening those channels. So I felt very supported for better or for worse with um, my ancestors and particularly my mom's line, my grandmother's. Um, I've been dreaming more of them and again, had some visits and conversations and talks. So 
for whatever that's worth. Uh, if that makes you feel less crazy, then great, because I've had that happen in general. Um, my whole life, really, I've seen things or felt things. But I don't know if this is like anyone else's experience. It's not constant, right? It's like sometimes you're kind of more open and then other times in life you're just kind of hunkered down and focused on the real world and those those things don't contact you or don't feel like you're open. But pregnancy can really change all that and and give you a door or, you know, a portal into other experiences if you're open. And if it was the first time, I'd be more doubtful perhaps, but I know it's something that has been building my whole life. And in Rune's pregnancy in particular, I think I probably talk in our book about, you know, that and and how I was told he was a magical child and, you know, all kinds of cool things that are outside of this, you know, intense human reality here on Earth. So on that note, um, another thing I wanted to kind of mention or talk about is just the reality of this, of this earth right now. And, you know, if you're listening some other year, I can't imagine that, but uh, this virus thing is still going on. And, you know, I've definitely talked about it throughout these podcasts in this pregnancy, because it's like, how could I not? You know, it it is part of this pregnancy experience. And I've gone through my own phases of anger about that and acceptance, um, a lot of anger, you know, to see the world where it's at and feel what I think a lot of pregnant women are feeling, could feel. And we're totally given permission to feel, I think, in a lot of ways, which is, you know, how am I bringing a baby into this world? And I've thought that, but it's also really superficial and really negative. And my beliefs are that, you know, I don't choose that. Like this baby chose to come in anyway. And it's just a human perception we're putting on this situation. Like, oh, it's bad. And oh, this world is so terrible. When I really don't think that's the truth. Um, I think if it's here, and it's happening, it must be required for our own growth. And so, you know, in that light, there's no reason a being wouldn't choose to be here. In fact, maybe just maybe um, even more special beings are choosing this time to come in than ever before, for all those reasons, because they are aware, and they are consciously choosing, despite, you know, our surprise at maybe why, or why now. Um, so yeah, I think mentioning that feels important because it is, like I said, a part of this pregnancy. It's not something I would forget. And it's given me an inside feel into how other pregnant women are feeling. And, you know, I'm not immune either from having, like I said, felt the anger. And and I still do. Like watching people walk around with these ridiculous masks on when they're not sick, you know, outside hiking alone is anger producing for me. I don't understand how anybody could be that foolish. Um, But you know, that's not helpful either. And so you're just kind of back in the place of choosing what's best for you, just like 
you do in your pregnancy and in your life. Uh, But if I hang on to those facts, (laughs) which, you know, sometimes you do, it's uh, maybe a dark time, right? And there's so much um, fear. I think that's agreed upon. No matter what side of the fence you're on, there's fear. There's fear of you know, maybe this virus, I don't feel that way. But I could admit to having fear around, is this the world now? You know, is this what our kids are going to grow up in? What if? Um, What if vaccines become mandatory, right? Like you go down, you could go down any number of rabbit holes that are fear based. And you're pregnant. And you know, your baby is soaking in the hormones that you're feeling. So that is the truth of this time. Um, There's a lot of death consciousness. And that's something that I also have felt and totally admit to. But as I'm deeper into this pregnancy, I see as a gift. And I don't see as like, you know, this weird cloud that's been hanging over my pregnancy. I see it as it's been an opportunity to feel that deeper, um, to feel how death is scary, and to feel how we all avoid that. And you know, really, it all needs to come into the light more. Like, yes, there is darkness, but darkness and shadows aren't bad. It's just they need a balance with the light. So that has been, I think, a gift of this pregnancy. And I know it's not for everyone. Like feeling that death consciousness um, is really destroying people as well. And I mean, I can't speak to that, but, you know, depression and and all kinds of other things are surfacing for people as they become aware that this is where we're at in a lot of ways. And the take-home lesson for me, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, is you get to choose. So that has been the theme for me of my pregnancy during this time of the virus. I get to choose my reality. I get to choose the darkness and the depression And, you know, the wallowing in death consciousness, um, or I get to choose the light because equally they're available. And, you know, when choosing one, it's not negating that the other exists, but it's choosing where to put your focus, where to put your energy. And I feel like this baby has been hugely influential in literally I can hear, you know, words sometimes like choose love, choose light, um, even when it's hard. And when the world looks like it's choosing other things around you, it's not easy. So again, it's why I won't forget, you know, having a pregnancy during this time, but I'm not branding it as bad and I'm not going to remember it as a a thing that was terrible or scary Um, because I think that influences our babies too, you know, like I don't know how it was to be pregnant during whatever, right? World War II or the Depression um, or many other like more catastrophic events that women have lived through. Um, But, you know, comparatively, it's like this is not one of them. Thank God. Uh, You know, we're we're not all dying of some thing. You know, there's a lot worse that could truly be affecting everyday life. And sure, some of that is Um, privilege of living here uh, in the U.S., in Sedona in particular. But, you know, not necessarily, because I think a lot of the hysteria 
is certainly not based on fact or an actual virus. It's based on chaos and all of that. So without any more time on that, um, I'll leave it. But that's been part of this pregnancy and a story and, you know, a, a paradigm that we can communicate to these babies when they're here. I mean, in a lot of ways, they already know. But when we talk about it, how are we going to talk about it? You know, are we calling them whatever, that, whatever, you know, COVID babies? Like, that's terrible in a way. Um, I mean, maybe it's not if we kind of have more to say about this being a true time of choice and shift of paradigm. But yeah, certainly the mainstream isn't labeling it that way. And I don't know, who knows what will come out of this time on a grander scale as far as pregnancies and births. Um, Probably not going to get into that right now. So anyway, along the lines of darkness and finding our way through, that's been the theme. And I'll probably talk more about specifics there with my own travels through that. But um, I've been listening, of course. Well, not of course, but I listen to music a lot, especially when I'm out on the earth. And definitely there's a time, I think, for silence and quiet. So I do try to balance that because it's easy to kind of get addicted to, you know, always listening to something, kind of avoid yourself. But I love music and it makes you feel so much and, and is so appropriate. So I've talked about Trevor Hall, who's a musician that I really enjoy and probably have talked about him in context of Cove's birth because his one album, um, Kala really was what got me through actually Sable's experience way back when. And, um, funny, not as much Davis birth, but then actually Cove's birth, like that's all I listened to while I was in the birth process with her. And his music is just so beautiful and, um, as my friend Ashley says, high vibes. It totally is. And her labor was that way. It was like just so easy and fun. And so, you know, I have that association now in my head that that feels really good in my body. So um, he has a newer album out called The Fruitful Darkness. And it's not super new, but was newer to me. And so that's kind of been this pregnancy, that album. I'm sure I'll make use of it during the birth process. Um, but it's totally worth checking out because I'm not going to, you know, imitate any of the songs here. Although I do have some lyrics to share that maybe will entice you to go check it out uh, just because it's awesome. So he has a song called The Fruitful Darkness, which of course is from that album. And it's basically, uh, you know, what I'm talking about. So here's an excerpt, a little lyric paragraph. The dark within my dark is where I found my light. The fruit became the doorway and now it's open wide. So super poetic and then gorgeous music and he has an amazing voice and it's a great song and pretty much everything on that album is great. And yeah, that's just been the theme is within the dark, you know, within the challenge, whether you, you know, think it's the virus or whatever you've been going through. It seems like lots of pregnant women have definitely had more challenges this pregnancy. And I don't know, like, if that's actually true, or if there's something that has been breaking open more in in more of us that 
are keeping our experiences from being less um, superficial, you know, darker or not darker. Yeah, darker, but deeper, deeper, richer pregnancy experiences during this time because the dark is so prevalent and because uh, we also have that, you know, so we're seeing the world be crazy, but we have that too. We have those places we don't want to look and we have our own fears. And so I thought that was just such a really awesome way of summing this pregnancy up so far. And, you know, it's totally optimistic. The dark within my dark is where I found my light. I mean, I know it's there. I've done this before and in other um, times of life. But yeah. So taking a walk through the darkness, however, that may look for each of us um, is different, you know, and the shadow side is something, especially like in shamanism, we talk a lot about um, because we're just well aware that we are both. It's not a bad thing. It's simply awareness of and integration of. So I think I feel completely different as a person um, as of now in this pregnancy, which is feels really big to say. And part of me is like, is that true? Am I being, you know, dramatic? But no, I have had really amazing things happen in life in the last bunch of months. And I'm not the same. I'm really not the same. And it doesn't mean that the pregnancy has been all blissful, um, but it's been deep. And inspecting myself and my fears and my belief systems have been, again, the the lesson. So as I said, you know, what do I want to believe? Um, do I want to believe this is darkness or do I want to walk into the light knowing that I have darkness but I can process it so a lot of my beliefs have crumbled and I don't think that's a bad thing because if we're not truly aligned with our own selves then we kind of have nothing and that feels like a whole other podcast you know beliefs around my body and how it works. And I think a lot of us, um, you know, self-included would say like, oh, I trust my body. And this is something I I did want to do another podcast on. Um, But when we really, really get into our shadow side, we see the tiny little places, the tiny little crevices where this is not true. This is not our, our true belief. And so that's essentially you know, the crux of conflict within ourselves, you know, is when we think we believe something, but when we really uncover it, we're not quite there. And it's a great opportunity to transform if you're willing. So my power is real and has been shown to me. And I think that is something to be shared with you listening, that that is something we have accessible to us, especially in pregnancy. And, you know, it's so easy for it to kind of be like cliche, you know, like my power, like I'm so powerful, I'm going to birth this baby. Yeah, totally. We get to witness women's power in the actual birth itself. And that's really awesome. Um, But just kind of the day to day power and feeling that and knowing that we're not just creating life 
we are creating so much more and we have so much more ability to create. So I don't know if this is making sense. I'm kind of just blabbing. Um, but that's the way this pregnancy has been, which again, maybe, maybe why I've taken to the written word more because I'm able to kind of construct things a little bit more clearly. So I have been thinking about birth. Uh, it's probably seven or eight weeks off, right? So definitely thinking about all of this. And if I'm choosing a path, I'm choosing a reality. If I'm working on making sure my belief systems are completely in integrity with who I believe I am, then this would naturally come up. And again, no matter how many babies you've had, you don't have it down. And every birth is different. And every time you're in a different place in life. So I don't have regrets about my other births or, you know, I could have done this, I should have done that. No, they were perfect for what they were and who I was. But I definitely feel like here's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity for me to be really clear. And I think what I want for this birth experience is feeling real, like present, and that that's totally an option for me to choose. Um, And that's a tricky topic. You know, again, as I say a million times, maybe that's another podcast, because I think especially in working with women, I mean, I want to be respectful of what they think is possible. And the truth is, you can't make someone think something is possible, you can only show them the possibilities. So I feel like I challenge myself with my own births. And part of it, I mean, yes, it's for my own my own experience, my own growth. But part of it is being able to take it back to the women I serve and say, hey, like I tried this and it worked and here's another possibility. So I think we're so used to like protecting what we want and like, oh, but if if that's supposed to happen or like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to over plan because crazy things in birth happen. And it's like, yeah, all of those beliefs are true. And I support all of them when I'm working with people like whatever you believe, whatever you believe is true, but just let's be more clear that whatever we believe is true for us. So I feel like for this birth, my idea is not to incorporate all of those different like caveats. The idea is that I do trust my body fully in a way I never have before. And that might sound funny because I, I did completely trust as, as much as I could tell. Um, but I've been specifically working on some very long-term health issues that I've had uh, my whole life, asthma in particular. And I've experienced what seems to be a complete clearing of those things in my body um, due to, you know, working with my mentor, Doc, uh, Donna Maria, mostly, but her inspiration in this whole topic of like, do I believe my body to be healthy? You know, do I believe I need this or that? And watching the actual physical transformation and knowing that this birth has to be different because this is the first time I've ever been clear of all that. I haven't had a crutch in the back of my mind of like, yes, I trust my body, but um, and, and, you know, the, the butts were, were not seemingly related to birth for me, but it doesn't matter. You either trust your body fully or you don't. And, you know, everybody gets to do that themselves. I'm not judging whatever that means or looks for anyone but me. But having had the little butt um, 
wasn't something I ever put a lot of focus on because I also had beliefs that, oh, if I, you know, have this condition, then I'm going to have it my whole life. I have had it my whole life. You know, I haven't been able to solve it. So it must just be part of me. And there was acceptance there that, you know, prevented me from moving through and really healing myself. So having had that happen, this pregnancy feels like no coincidence. Um, It was meant to happen. It was meant to move me to that place. And this baby, I think, has been hugely influential in making that happen and supporting that and probably saying, you know, on some internal level, like, I don't. I want this body to be clear for me. You know, I don't want this reliance on medication for this issue. You know, I, I want to be in a clearer vessel. So super grateful to this baby. And like I said, um, Donna Maria is totally kicking my ass and I love her. And I'm so grateful for her being such an amazing mirror for me because I think we all need that. And yeah, she's the person. So on to um, more about what I'm anticipating for the birth. You know, it's still ways away, but just getting more clear about how I want to feel in it. And, you know, when you're watching births, if you are someone that has been blessed to do that at all, I mean, you don't know what someone else is feeling. And you're just witnessing. So it can look easy, it can look hard from your perception that means nothing. And that's something that's been challenging. You know, if I had never seen any births, I kind of wouldn't even have an idea. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's not, but um, I haven't been able to change how that's happened for me. So, you know, I guess my point is I see all kinds of things. And ultimately, yeah, women are amazing. But it's like, in witnessing, I have to leave that in the witnessing box. And I don't judge that. Like, it looks however it looks. You do whatever you got to do. Um, right? And and that's how we hold space for someone. But then I have my own experience and how I want that to feel and how I want that to look. And so there's some crossover. But ultimately, it's like it doesn't matter how it looks. We get to be in it and we get to choose. So this time... And I, and I did a little of this with Cove's birth. Um, I want it to be easy. There's no reason birth can't be easy. There's also no reason it can't be hard. But for me, you know, in my body, I want this to feel easy. I don't need to experience pain. I don't need to work super hard. I know that you can. And I have just had a baby. Just just do it. You know, be in your body feel the feelings. Um, You can label them however you want. So are they euphoric? Are they pleasurable? Are they, you know, just energy, which is a lot of how I thought last time and even more how I'm thinking this time. What is that? You know, what do we want to call it? And I do think for me, it feels like I want to spend time thinking about that so that I don't default in the moment to some other thoughts you know, like, oh, this is intense. Oh, this is hard. Um, Because when we say those things to ourselves, then our bodies react in that way. And I've done it, you know, I'm not saying I've had these (laughs) orgasmic births, like they've been great. But I've totally had births where in my head, I was like, oh, my God, 
you know, this is hard. And when will this be over? And I can't do this. And all the things that we think are normal. And they're fine to say, I'm choosing to not say them this time. So I think the combination of that kind of prep and just, again, having my body be clearer will make this a reality for this birth and for this baby. And again, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to experience it in a new way. And, and again, hopefully that will leave me with more experience and more wisdom to present that possibility to women. And, you know, again, it's not that it's bad or good, whatever you choose. And sometimes there truly is like, we have a soul reason, right? Like S O U L, not like a one reason, like a deep soul reason um, to have whatever experience we have. And sometimes it is hard, right? And it's not what we think we want. And I've had births like that where I worked really hard and they felt like they were such initiations in a different way. And I had such a need. And I don't think this is bad. I mean, as a midwife, how could I say it's bad? But um, I had a need to be witnessed. And I love that. And I'm so appreciative of Margot in particular, who has held that space as witness for me so many times. Um, it's more meaningful than I could ever have words for. Uh, kind of makes me want to cry, actually. And it is the whole like foundation of how I want to midwife. Um, to be that witness is really just... God, it's a beautiful thing on both sides. It's beautiful to be witnessed in that way. And then when we have the opportunity to do that for someone, it's an amazing feeling to, you know, not interrupt their process and to love them and and to trust them. Like it's all just gorgeous. And it's what I wish midwifery was um, all around. But aside from that, <laughs> and here's where, you know, we take a step into the unknown uh, is that I don't know that I want to be witnessed this time. I'm not feeling the need. It's not even like, oh, I don't want that. I'm feeling the need to be with this baby and not put even one cell of my energy into the external. And, you know, I guess I feel like I have to say, maybe this will change. Maybe this won't happen. Um, and that probably comes from a place of fear you know, what if, what if I can't claim that? Or what if it feels too scary and I, and I need someone there? Like, yeah, I guess those are possibilities. But at this moment, if, if I don't want to include those possibilities, then I have this desire to be completely self-contained. And that's something I did experience last time for the first time. And maybe you have experienced like much sooner in your experience than me. Not that it matters, but it took me many births to, let's see, how do I phrase it? Like to not need anything in an emotional sense, you know, and I can remember all the births that I really needed someone to tell me it was okay. And it's not because I didn't know it was okay. I just wanted that validation. And I think that's totally legitimate. I'm just saying. This time and last time, I didn't need that validation. Um, last time, I don't know. I just was alone in my room and I knew that I was doing it. I knew that it was happening. 
and it happened. And by the time it was over, you know, it was more of a looking back and being like, oh, wow, like I didn't need anyone (laughs) to say this or that. And that was a really great feeling. So that's kind of what I'm thinking this time and feeling is that there's even a greater pull towards that experience and to bond and be present with this baby in a way that I haven't experienced, you know, and, and we'll see, I guess. But that's kind of like where all of this thinking and feeling and being out and integrating and darkness and all of the things have come together for me recently in, in thinking about the birth. Because who doesn't like to think about birth, right? It's a really, um, yeah, it's a really awesome thing. Although, I guess one last thing, how I've been thinking about it is, I don't know how to say this in a, a way that's clear, but I've described kind of the transformation that's felt like it's happened over the pregnancy. And I suppose multiple transformations are certainly possible, right? But it kind of feels like the transformation has already happened. And that rather than birth be that moment, excuse me, um, that trans, like that pinnacle of transformation, that it could be like euphoric and amazing and beautiful and everything, but not as important, if that makes sense. Like the transformation has already happened. I'm that new person pretty much now. And and I'm going into this experience as that new person rather than using the experience to come out um, anew. Although that could happen too. So I'm open. I'm open to that as well. It just feels different. Like the the flow of it feels different in my head. You know, you almost think of a contraction the way it looks on paper, right? It peaks and, and there are peaks and valleys. Yeah. And that the birth will be a peak for sure. But like not the peak that the other ones have been in that sense. Like uh, maybe the peak will actually be after, you know, coming into hopefully having this really euphoric experience that I'm wanting to feel this time. So on that note, uh, there may or may not be another podcast before this baby is ready to be born. I have a feeling there will be, but maybe not as personal. There might be some other topics. So this could be it. I don't know. Have no idea. We'll see. (coughs) But I was going to leave you with some more lyrics. Um, But again, go listen to the song because, you know, I feel like I'm not doing any kind of justice to uh, poor Trevor Hall's music here, other than inspiring you to go listen to it. But I love these lyrics. And it's a song of his that I really have loved this whole pregnancy. Um, And if I'm being like completely corny, I think it would be great to (laughs) like have during the birth process. Um, Yeah. So anyway, the song is on the Fruitful Darkness album. And it's called Moon Sun. And I'm going to read some of the lyrics and you can go listen to it. 
Here we go again, creation. Clap now for the jubilation. Look at all that light you're making. Send it out, no reservation. Like a river, we let it flow. Still hot like a volcano. Mother Earth still got my soul. In the hot, in the cold, in the rain, in the snow. Halo, wish on a butterfly wing. Take that crown, put it on that king. Sing like a child, no care for opinion. Real love across our dominion. Oh, so bountiful. Pull it back and let it go. Like ocean wave, we're powerful. Constellation, magical. That's one verse anyway. It's just a really awesome, super um, powerful, empowering, vibrant song. And it's just felt like this is this baby's song. She loves it. Um, And then I looked up the lyrics and I was like, yeah, of course. Like, that's exactly what this feels like. Um, This is just complete joy at creation and, you know, the birth seems to me that it has that possibility to be just complete joy um, in creation without reservation that this is our birthright to experience life and birth from this perspective of life and vibrancy and love and that we are powerful you know like he says um, like ocean wave we're powerful constellation magical and that's been this pregnancy too is just feeling like wow I'm super powerful in every way. um, And that's been shown, you know, I'm practicing it, I'm living it to the best of my ability in a whole new way. And this baby is just, man, been magic, total, total magic and inspired, you know, both Jason and I to make so many changes in our lives and in our thoughts and in our beliefs. So super grateful this baby ever, you know, listens to this podcast one day, Uh, hopefully he or she will feel the, yeah, true magic and unknown of them being in the womb, which is so cool. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening, (laughs) since you're not that person, but you listened anyway, and you held space for me, and that's really beautiful. Um, I hope everyone out there is doing awesome in their pregnancies, and not in pregnancy, if that applies to you. Uh, We have lots of cool things going on at Indie Birth. We have a 13 moons course, which we definitely talk about a lot. It's IndieBirth.org forward slash 13 moons. We have all kinds of, gosh, other courses going on now. We're about to launch um, a joyful pregnancy course, just a super short and inexpensive seven day kind of um, exploration with us, you know, where we talk about some of these things and give people tools. So hopefully you'll see the link out there and about I don't even have it in my head right now. Uh, But check our Instagram, Indie Birth. And yes, just have a great day. And thanks for listening.